When should my period actually start? What actually happens to my body when I'm on my period? Is PMS rage a valid excuse? Are tampons ruining my insides? Welcome to Seeing Red, the podcast that answers the questions you've always wanted to ask about your period and gets really, really real about periods, puberty, health, and all the awkward bits in between. My name is Katie, and I'm both your Seeing Red host and a member of the Marvelous Moddy Body team. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to tell you just a little bit about Moddy Body. It is Australia's original and leading leak-proof apparel brand and has been developing products to manage periods, perspiration, pregnancy, and incontinence. Despite having a huge success in the market, Moddy Body decided to do something groundbreaking and develop a little sister brand named Red. Red has been designed specifically for young girls starting their periods and teens with periods. Red has funky underwear with a built-in absorbent panel, allowing girls to choose a much more environmental, comfortable and convenient protective option. You can wear Red by Moddy Body period-proof undies on their own or as a backup. And I must say, because I'm clearly completely unbiased, they are bloody good. Sorry, that was a shocking pun. (laughs) This week we're chatting all about period cravings. So grab your favorite snack, settle down on the lounge and get ready for a treat. Have you ever found yourself curled up on the couch during that time of the month, clutching a hot water bottle and wolfing down about... I don't know, three tons of chocolate? While it's easy to blame the need to eat everything in the pantry on your period, have you ever wondered why we crave the foods that we do when we're menstruating? I mean, it's not like dairy milk will directly replace the lining in our stomachs. I mean, it's not like dairy milk will directly replace the lining of our womb as we're shredding it. Welcome to the second episode of Seeing Red, where this week we're investigating into how we actually get period cravings and if we can ever stop them. But before we attempt to find out why we do opt for chocolate, bread and chips over fruit, veggies and a wholesome salad, we thought we'd take to the streets of Sydney to find out what people reach for when they're menstruating. I think I crave hot chips the most. I definitely crave dumplings more than anything. I find I crave chocolate even more than normal. So is the science behind all this that sugar in extremely large quantities settles down our reproductive system? Before we go prescribing ourselves with buckets of ice cream, we thought we would check in with a real health professional to figure out what's really going on. So I'm here with Dr. Natasha Andrea. (laughs) Andriatis. Andriatis. Um, who is a fertility specialist, gynecologist, reproductive endocrinologist, and a clinical lecturer at the University of Sydney. So obviously, she had heaps of time to chat with us today. Uh, thank you, Dr. Tash, for sparing the time to clear up some questions for us. So I suppose the first thing we want to clear up is why do we get cravings when we have our periods in the first place? So I think it's important that all women and men realise that um, having cravings is actually just a normal part of a menstrual cycle and it has to do with the balance of oestrogen and progesterone. 
So without having a diagram in front of me, or actually I do have a diagram in front of me. <laughs> so um, pretty much in the first half of your cycle, uh, you make more of the hormone estrogen. Mm-hmm. And then after you've ovulated, you still make estrogen, but less so than in the first half. And then you make more progesterone in the second half of the cycle. So um, when estrogen levels are, are high in the first half, then you have high serotonin and high dopamine. When you ovulate and after you've ovulated, those levels drop of estrogen. So you get less serotonin and dopamine, which are neurotransmitters. When you get less of those those neurotransmitters, you're essentially getting more cravings for carbs, for kind of more high-calorie, tasty foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also got to do with insulin sensitivity. So um, in the second half of the cycle, when you make more progesterone, progesterone makes you more kind of insulin resistant, which means that you're going to get more unstable blood glucose levels. So then your body senses when blood glucose is low, oh, I'm hungry, I need to eat. And because it's glucose, then you crave sugar. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's actually really quite normal to have cravings. Mm-hmm. Um, how you control those cravings, though, um, you know, we can talk about that. But it's a normal part of the menstrual cycle. Yeah. But men experience, you, men don't have anything similar. Not in the patterns, the same pattern that women do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, men obviously have estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. But a lot less levels than we do. Yeah, and a serious dumb dumb question coming from me now. So, estrogen obviously associated with females, but t- testosterone more included. Yeah. associated with males. Is progesterone like somewhere in the middle? We make much higher levels of progesterone. Okay. So progesterone is is it's a Greek comes from the Greek progest, which means that it, it's it's a it's a hormone really important for encouraging and enabling embryo implantation and pregnancy. So when a woman is pregnant, she has high progesterone levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically keeps the uterus nice and quiet. Uh, women make testosterone as well, mm-hmm. so but we don't make it anywhere in, in near the levels that men do. And our testosterone levels are pretty much higher around the time of ovulation, mm-hmm. which makes more biological sense because then when a woman ovulates, she should get more horny to want to then have sex yeah. and then get pregnant. Yeah. So that that correlates with her also having more energy around mm-hmm. that time of her cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um so we sort of touched on it before there's a reason why people lean more, more towards a sugary snack than a salty snack to mm-hmm. curb their cravings and that's to do with those levels. <laughs> True. Um some women tend to have more kind of a uh, higher salt diets than others. Yeah. Um, and generally those women who have higher salt diets tend to crave more salty things in the first place. Okay. So, so it's more to do with you rather your than your oh, Yeah. Um, I, I thought that just cause I <laughs> want always go for sugar. That yeah. it must be the common case. Well, your taste buds, I think renew themselves every three weeks. So oh. you can actually, uh, change what your taste buds actually like in a way. Yourself, you can change them, yeah. or they'll naturally change. They'll naturally change. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe so the cravings can change, yeah, oh. depending on um, on what you eat. Yeah. Oh. Well, that answered my next question. So, <laughs> so is there a way to stop cravings altogether, or at least lower them? I think the important things uh, thing about cravings is knowing that one, they um, it's part of the normal menstrual cycle maybe trying to control them. So if I know that I'm going to be three days out from my period and my cravings are going to be at their most intense, then say if I crave sweet things, Mm -hmm. instead of having a bag full of lollies, I should have maybe a mandarin. Okay. Maybe I should reach for some water um, first before going for that lolly. So I think it's also about, (laughs) yeah, but also, you know, have that piece of chocolate. 
as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of people crave dark chocolate because mm-hmm. chocolate um, tends to be high in magnesium, which can be more deficient in the second half of the cycle, especially the dark cocoa. The best type of chocolate, I think, is something dark like lint, mm-hmm. 70%. Um, but it's Good also choice. control, you know, like there's nothing wrong with having that piece of chocolate. Yeah. But don't you don't have to have the whole freaking bar. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I don't get is, is can't you just stop at one or two pieces? Why have the whole thing? I mean, I don't know. I thought that you would be able to provide the answer, but I need to. And, I, and I, I think that's when, yeah, you have to have a more sense of a responsibility for yourself, knowing, and again, but the word mindful comes up all the time, but that's exactly what the, all this is. Yeah. I'm mindful of the fact that I am in two days from my period because my Fitbit or my watch tells me I am two days out from my period. Mm-hmm. My cravings are here. I know that that's part of my menstrual cycle. I can have that bit of chocolate, mm-hmm. but just stop at just that piece. So is it normally is it the peak is two days out? It's kind. It's so different for different for for many women, uh, mm-hmm. but at least seven days out. Yeah, I mean women. most women will complain of cravings at least a week out from a period. See, I feel like most of like again <laughs> anecdotal, and my friends say that they more likely to binge during their period because they're feeling gluggy and yeah. crap and yep. whatever, and that's yep. when they're gonna get the ice cream and the yep. chocolate and stuff like that. But really, it's, and that's when your estrogen levels are really quite low. So you're trying to top like, up, yeah. Sort of. So then your dopamine and your serotonin are quite low, yeah. Um, and then that's when you, that you 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 are going to have those cravings to make you feel better. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So is it ever unhealthy to completely ignore your cravings and just boycott your system entirely? Um, I think it is unhealthy to ignore anything that comes up where you don't question why it's come up. Mm-hmm. So um, if you if you have a craving for something, ask yourself, why am I craving this? Is mm-hmm. it is it because I'm bored? Is it because I, I feel <laughs> sad? Uh, well, why am I craving it? You know, um, I mean, I have patients doing some really interesting things. Um, uh, one is you know getting a piece of chocolate, swelling it around in your mouth, but not necessarily swallowing it. Oh, like wine tasting of chocolate. Yeah, a bit, a bit <laughs> like that. You know, so they they try and overcome those cravings and the effect that it can have on them in terms of weight gain because the interesting interesting thing with the cycle is that in the second half when progesterone goes up it actually increases your basal metabolic rate so per day you you are burning 100 to 300 more calories per day so if you can curb cravings in that second half of your cycle, then it's probably a good time to lose weight. Oh, it's like a fat burning. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and you mm-hmm. and progesterone enables you to to burn fat um, at, at rest and with exercise. So that's the, at the end of your period, and then for the week following, progesterone is highest in the second half. Okay. So pr- pretty much, if you don't get pregnant, mm-hmm. the body senses this, um, and then what happens is progesterone levels drop. Okay. So in the first half of the cycle, progesterone levels should be the lowest. Okay. So when I say first half, say your, the first day of your period in the first half of your cycle. Yeah. Once you've ovulated, the um, the follicle that has become the ovulated follicle, the where, where it's pop, becomes a, then a corpus luteum, which is a little hormone factory that pumps out lots of hormones, but the main one is progesterone. Okay. So so that's the pri- that's the prime time to be working out and stopping with the chocolate. Um, well, you can, you can, if you're sensible, you, you know, you can still eat a little bit more chocolate and not gain weight. Yeah. Oh, um, because your it's metabolic, the loophole. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, your metabolic rate is up. Okay. So, um, you know, at, at rest, you will be burn, burning more calories. Oh. Okay. So. 
did not know that. Yeah. Um, and you said so you grow, you can potentially grow out of your period cravings because your taste buds will change, but it's not actually anything to do with your period. It's just your whole I body think a is lot changing. of it's also mental. Okay. Um, and realizing that uh, how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. uh, about anything that's going on with your body changes everything. Yeah. Um, so women obviously at the, around the menopause won't have these fluctuations at mm-hmm. the menopause. So if they're menopausal and they haven't had a period for a year, will not have these fluctuations. Okay. Um, because everything's pretty much, you know, flatlined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so throughout the course of a woman's, um, lifespan, she will experience different types of menstrual cycles. Uh, so as your ovaries wind down when you're becoming perimenopausal, mm-hmm. you're going to be making less of this progesterone. Oh, so less of the loophole. Yeah, less of the loophole. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So have you um, ever come across with your patients as well um, really problematic cravings? Like is it is it ever normal for people to get really, really strange cravings? For periods rather than... No, I found the cravings were stranger when I was looking after pregnant women. So, you know, yeah, lots of women who were... I remember craving ice, um, dirt. As in frozen water. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've not had... I've not really had anyone with strange cravings, actually, that I can recall that... um, there's a straight gynecology patient, but not pregnant. It's more when people are pregnant. Yeah, and that really throws things yeah. out of whack. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's like listening to yourself, well, why am I craving this? Would you, would you ever say if someone was like, I'm craving eating dirt, is it ever good to be like, okay, just have a bit of dirt? <laughs> <laughs> I think the closest thing you'd come to that would be the lint 99% chocolate. That definitely tastes like dirt. Taste a bit I would say take that, take that. <laughs> Trade out the dirt for some <laughs> lint chocolate. Um, okay, uh, and... Actually, speaking of preg- pregnancy cravings, so there's is there any link between period cravings and pregnancy cravings, or are they just coming from whole different? Yeah, interesting. I haven't really done any longitudinal studies to see if a craving um, pre-pregnancy is the same throughout pregnancy. Yeah, that's a good study though. It's a good idea. I should ask that one. Task. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, because I, I always like I. This is off topic, but my mum was really in got really bad cravings for vinegar like oh. like just bit like salt salt and vinegar that you put on your chips kind of vinegar and um she never ever she's always probably more of a sweet tooth than a savory mm, tooth but that was like her thing that she really fancied but she was living in bangladesh and there wasn't oh. really any any vinegar there so um she had to cope without and replace with other stuff and was that but, when she was pregnant with you yeah yeah oh wow and, yeah. and do you have any siblings no no, I was going to so say compared between other pregnancies, yeah, because yeah. it's normally different as well for different mm. pregnancies for the same person. They don't mm. have the same thing again and again. So she did, did she get her vinegar in the end? No, she, she never got to satisfy mm. it. I was going to say, I wonder how as it. You know, do you like vinegar yourself? No, I hate vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as I'm not pregnant myself and I'm very much still having a period every month, I thought I'd monitor my cravings to see when I fancied what foods. But then, and here's the twist, I would deliberately refuse to indulge my cravings and not let myself eat the snack my uterus was screaming out for. Here's a little snippet from my womb food diary. 
Three days before my period and I had an overwhelming desire to eat all the chocolate in the world. I went to the shops, saw all the Easter eggs and then was on the verge of tears when I remembered I was doing this damn experiment. One day before my period, still very much on the chocolate train, but now I really want chocolate covered things like raisins and macadamias. Day two of my period, a desperate urge to eat a really juicy apple hit me around 3 p.m. It felt very weird to deny myself of an apple, but I guess that's the type of stuff you have to do when you're making a podcast. Day four of my period. Today, all I wanted was KFC. Just buckets of the stuff. Day five of my period. I'm back to chocolate, but weirdly fancying dark chocolate over my usual milk. Day after my period, I had absolutely zero, zero cravings which was super weird after all my uterus has put me through this week. As promised, this podcast will include conversations with health experts, personal stories from women dealing with both common and rare complications, hearty debates, and a fair amount of oversharing from me. But seeing as I shared my firsts last week, detailing my first period, my first leak, and probably a bit too much more, sorry again, Dad, I thought I'd hand over the reins to someone else this week, and who better than the lady who just gave us all of that incredible information? Yes, this week we're grilling Dr. Tash to find out her period firsts. So my first period I was in year five, I was 11 years old, and that would have been 1985. Um, My first leak, uh, year six camp, I remember it very well, super embarrassing my first conversation, candid conversation about periods probably would have been somewhere in high school, I assume, because uh, everyone knew in high school I wanted to be a gynecologist. So I just assume I probably used to walk around doing vox pox in the, in probably in the uh, school playground. Um, my first PMS-induced fight, no, I don't think I've ever had one. Um, I don't, yeah. Maybe I, I get a bit more down. I don't get angry. I get more teary and a bit more reclusive, but I don't get angry. Um, my first time wearing period underwear, 2017 was my first body body. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. <laughs> so that's it for this week's episode of Seeing Red. Tune in next week to find out everything you've ever wanted to know about endometriosis. Haven't heard that word before? Well, then you definitely need to tune in. It's a super common disorder that can cause a super huge amount of pain, as well as a bunch of other horrid symptoms. So we'll be talking about what it is, how you get it, how you get rid of it, and what life is really like once you're diagnosed. So see you next week. And if you're looking for something to do between now and then, please rate, review, and subscribe to Seeing Red. It really helps the podcast get out and about into the ear holes that desperately need to hear this stuff. Undereducation around puberty, periods, and women's health is a massive issue that we're humbly trying to resolve. It goes such a long way for a potential listener to hear what you have to say about seeing red. So please, 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 pretty please, give us a lovely review. Thanks in advance, champ.